From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. And I'm happy to introduce you to two very special guests today. The first is Carlin Hicks, who we'll talk with about Feed Jackson, an initiative to help those impacted by homelessness in Jackson, Mississippi. Later, we'll talk with filmmaker Maximus Wright about his first movie, Soul Damage. You can join that conversation today at one eight seven seven mpb ring or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy, I guess, Monday after Thanksgiving. I know we're all probably still got tryptophan poisoning from the turkey and probably... Still eating leftovers for lunch, but that's okay. I know you had a great time. I had a great time. I know Sharita had a great time. Hello, Sharita. How are you? Hello, Marshall. How are you? I am doing awesome. I tell you what, got a lot of things going on. We got a great show today. Very happy that Carlin Hicks will be joining us, and she'll be talking a little bit about Feed Jackson. That's an initiative to help those impacted by homelessness in Jackson. Also, we'll be talking with filmmaker Maximus Wright. It's his first movie, Soul Damage, and just reading about the movie, I'm really looking forward to it. It sounds like, and it's going to be filmed right here in Mississippi. Yeah, so. that's a that's a really good thing. And yeah. uh, he's using a guy named Johans Miles, who's been on before. Oh, Johans, yeah. What a talented yeah. guy. Great character actor, just a, and a great guy, too. Absolutely. So yeah. that's going to be exciting to have him on. I think so. And so we've got a great show ahead. Thank you for joining us. And I've got to give you a little bit of a warning today. Something will happen that has not happened in a long, long time. What's that? There's going to be a mysterious mind-controlling liquid that will fall from the sky. <laughs> this liquid will it make may, people... It may be severe. Yes, it yeah. may, be, may be spinning around at a 150 miles an hour, so be careful for that. But this liquid will make people forget how to drive. It will cause cars to bump into each other. Small children who have not seen it in their lifetimes will cry. <laughs> Chaos will break out. There will be salty raindrops on your cheeks, but only to be washed away by later. And I tell you what, I'm going to give you a few tips here. I'm going to give you five tips to help you survive okay. this tragedy. Number one, use your dry rotted umbrella. This will keep you from becoming wet. Uh, <laughs> but what will happen if you do happen to get wet, you are not made of sugar. You will not melt. Number two, if driving, look for the little switch that turns your windshield wipers on. It's near the turn signal, and I know you don't use that. I, I know you've forgotten where that is, but just plan ahead. Test all the buttons out on your dashboard before you get going. And remember, the horn is in the middle of the steering wheel. Number three, when driving, when that mysterious liquid falls, turn on your car's headlights. Now, I know this is difficult for you, but it's just it isn't really so that you can see. It's that so other people can see you. And I know that there's one guy out there that drives that silver car and likes to pretend that he has a cloaking device when it rains. But turn your lights on, okay? Number four, slow the heck down, please. The roads with months of buildup of oil on them will be slicker than Alfie's. Trust me. I know you've been itching to try out your airbags, but don't do it today. We want you to be safe. And number five, just stay calm. I know, west stuff falling from the sky is scary, and it's different. We haven't seen it in a while, but take a deep breath. With an ounce of calm, we will make it through this rain apocalypse. 
Okay, <laughs> just letting you know that it's important. Um, yeah, it's been a while. It has been. It was really cold this weekend. Well, it, at least Saturday it was. It was. I um, and but that's okay. It feels like Christmas, and it's easy. Of course, I've been doing book signings like crazy. It was in Starkville last Friday, not the Friday after Thanksgiving, but the last Friday. And then I went to Atlanta. And then I went to Jackson to sign books, and then I went to Oxford to sign books, and then I came back to Jackson to sign books, and then I went to Vicksburg to sign books. Oh, wow. You've been on it. I've been on it. But the book's doing great. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, the book's doing great, folks. I really appreciate the uh, outpouring of support and buying it. Of course, all of my profits go to the grocery store where my teenagers, of course, eat all my food. (laughs) So uh, that's been a good thing, too. And guess what else I nearly did? What's that? Over the the holidays. What? It blew my house up. Wait, what? Why? Yeah, and this How? one, this one, oh, yeah, well, I tell you what, you want me to tell the whole story? Yeah, please we do. We got time. We, we'll do this <laughs> one here. Okay. I was out running, right? I do that on some days. I'll go run 10, 15 miles, right? So I was out on a long run. I get back into my neighborhood and I start smelling natural gas. Now I'm not thinking, well, you know, that, that can't be anything bad because I'm nowhere near my house. I'm probably 10 houses away from my house and I'm smelling natural gas. I get a text. It's my son. Dad, come home. We have a gas leak. Okay, so I'm 10 houses away and smelling the gas. This isn't good, right? So the last, you know, 0.6 miles of my run, I did it like an Olympic speed time. And I get there, and it sounds like Niagara Falls. What had happened was, and a lot of people, if you live in central Mississippi, there's this thing called Yazoo Clay. Yazoo Clay, I think, means death. Well, you know, that makes sense because if you've seen the roads and the buildings and everything, when it gets dry, it contracts. When it gets wet, it expands. What it did was it pulled my gas line from my gas meter. Oh, boy. So, I mean, this thing is literally explosive, right? Um, So I call up the gas company, you know, because that's the first thing I thought to do. Get a lady in Houston, Texas. Okay, I guess that must be where their call center is. Didn't even know anything about where I lived and was asking me like 55 questions about where I lived. And I said, ma'am, I said, I haven't got time for a survey. Would you just send somebody out so my house doesn't blow up? Because if you've ever seen a gas leak, what happens when that ignites, right. all you have to do is like turn to a light switch <laughs> right. and boom. I mean, it wouldn't have been my house. It would have been my house, my neighbor's house, and most of the windows on my block. So I was like, I'm getting a little bit nervous at that point. So... I, of course, checked, and my family got out. They were smart. They didn't flip any switches. You're not supposed to tell you what. There's a gas leak. You smell natural gas. You don't even turn on the lights because it just takes one little spark, and you're, Mm -hmm. you're in big trouble. They all got out. And so at this point, I'm realizing my neighbor's called the gas company. My wife has called the gas company. I've called the gas company. Um, the, they were coming, but they weren't going to be able to get there quickly enough. So I called 911. Right. Right. So fire trucks come. So we get the parade. We get a fire truck. We get two other fire vehicles. We get the police. Of course, at this point, the neighbors are all getting out of their house, evacuating, looking at me like, what have you done now? Um, To the fire department's credit, they got up there. They turned the gas off. And the gas guy, the, the, the mechanic came. He was fantastic. Really a great guy. He had been down at another one of these down in Jackson and finally got up to my house. And he had to repair the pipe and got it all and then, of course, we had to open everything up and let the house vent so that it wouldn't blow up at this point. I tell you what, I'm thankful. I mean, literally, yeah, I was be. one spark away from losing everything. And I'm just sitting there, standing there, listening to that thing belch gas, going, I'm oh, about to man. lose everything. That's scary. I'm about to lose my whole life. Well, I'm glad everything's okay. Yeah, it turned out great. Now, I want to thank, of course, the fire department and, of course, the gas company for doing a great job. So, good stuff. Yeah. So, so that, was a, that was my drama. So, have you put the Christmas tree up? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving, raked the yard, and got the Christmas decorations out of the attic. 
Wow. Yeah. And, on it. and my beautiful wife, Amy, she put the tree up while I was on a book signing in Oxford. So, Well, I just saw some her. where you can just literally plug it in and it's already ready. So that's the kind I'm going to get. See, our Christmas tree <laughs> is like our refrigerator. It's like covered with memories. <laughs> okay. So that's all, sweet. Yeah, all the ornaments and everything have meaning over the last 23 years of our marriage. Mm-hmm. So most of them positive. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, my, the highlight of my Thanksgiving break was uh, the Cowboys winning. Oh, my gosh. Wasn't that yep. a great game? Yep. And, I mean, awesome. Washington played well, too. That quarterback, Cousins, or whatever his name is for Washington, good quarterback. Yeah, they did. But, you know, I'm so for- proud of myself. I'm really getting into football, so now I feel like I know, I'm a part this, of everything. This is a big change for you. It is. Because usually this time of year, you're spouting NBA at me. Well, this, was, Which this is, okay. is what happens when you don't have cable, so I have not had many other options. So it's like, okay, football, there it is. Because, I mean, there's nothing else on television, but I'm enjoying not having a cable bill. So. You know, I was just thinking, though, I was thinking, okay, Rockstar, you're like performing in Atlanta and Baltimore and all these different places, but you're never home to watch cable, so why have it? Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. It's not like, you know, it's not a money thing. It's just a, you, why waste the money? on something you're not going to be there. Absolutely. I did watch the Soul Train Awards yesterday. Uh, Yeah, how'd that go? I I missed that. I don't know. It didn't feel really Soul Train-ish. There were a lot of new artists that I have no idea who they are. So that's kind of uh, news that we are moving into this new generation where I'm watching. I'm like, who is that? Who is this? You have become me. You've become old. It's official, just to let you know. Soul Train, though, as a kid, I remember that show coming on, and it had the greatest opening ever. Train. That Absolutely. was fantastic. Yeah, that was fantastic. I mean, the Soul Train line is, has never died, so yeah, that's good stuff. one thing. Yeah, but it's better than MTV, because MTV Music <laughs> Awards, why do they even have it? They don't even do music anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, you, you mentioned earlier that there was an, an active shooter. Where, what campus is yeah, that Yeah, Ohio on? State University. That's uh, As of this moment, we don't know too many details. There's Social media, of course, is, you know, is 18 people or whatever. You never know what's going on. And, you know, I've taught this in my class before uh, about social media, about what sources to believe and so forth when something goes on like that. And it's tough because you know the whole thing. No witness can truly be trusted. So you don't know what's going on. From what I saw the last time, there may be some people that have been wounded. We don't know if there's any fatalities at this point. God knows we're praying that there hasn't been at this point. You know, it, and it's way too common. I mean, you know, it's point out you walk past the TV, you see one of these things go on, and you go there, but for the grace of God, go I. So, but, yeah, and I think this is just an interesting dynamic altogether to be able to tweet, hey, there is an active shooter. Um, but it also kind of just causes a lot of panic as well, especially if the wrong information is sent out. So uh, that to me is very interesting. Colleges having to manage, you know, how to tweet something out right. about an active shooter because they, they'll, they'll be held accountable for whatever they say. So that that's very interesting. We've seen that in the past year. Mississippi State University did it. Delta State had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ohio State's doing a really good job, too. Their, their tweet was really chilling, actually. They said Buckeye Alert, which is what they called it when there's an alert to their students. Mm-hmm. Active shooter on campus, run. I think it said hide and fight. Wow. Yeah. Wow, In that place. is chilling. And they, and they mentioned, I think it's a dorm where it's at at this point. But, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get into the weeds on this because I I just started listening to it on the way over here, right. seeing what was going on. But um, Well, uh, Carolyn is in the studio, and uh, we're going to get her in. She has a really, really powerful story about so. Feed Jackson. They are helping those who are impacted by homelessness. Uh, it's just a, a really good story. Uh, so we're really excited to have Especially her Especially post-Thanksgiving, too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Definitely. So Carolyn's going to be in. If you want to give us a call, you can at one eight seven seven mpb ring Ah, it's the Monday after Thanksgiving. It's still hard to get back to work. I know y'all are probably <laughs> suffering like we are. This is MPB Think Radio, and we'll be back in just a minute. Only want to see you 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio on the Monday after Thanksgiving. Hope you're getting over eating too much. I know I'm kind of sitting here right now going... Oh, it's 10 o'clock. It's time for me to have a nap because that's all I've been doing this week, you know, really just sleeping and eating. So I've done it really well. I tell you what, there is um, an issue sometimes. And I, I don't know if you remembered this um, during Thanksgiving while you were sitting there stuffing yourself, that there are a lot of people in America that don't have a Thanksgiving and they don't get the chance to stuff themselves like that. However, there are people in this world that help them get the meals that they need. And I'm very happy to have a really, really special person in the studio, Carlin Hicks with Feed Jackson. Carlin, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. I hope that intro was good. You know, Wonderful. I'm a little rusty. I've been off for a few days and you know how that goes. <laughs> um, okay. But you haven't been. You've been working. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we actually have been working for about nine months now uh, to start planning and the implementation of our Feed Jackson Dynamo Dignity Uh, initiative that we did on the 20th, which was the culmination of National Hunger Awareness Week, um, which a lot of people are not very familiar with, but it comes the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, And we we had a really great time. And after our project on Sunday, we just kind of rolled into the season of giving. You know, Thanksgiving didn't feel like a special day for me. I had Thanksgiving all week. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. On that. Um, really, and I always said that Thanksgiving should be every day anyway. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, of course, I would probably gain a lot of weight if it were. But that definitely. <laughs> Talk about National Hunger Week, though. I mean, because like you said, people don't know about it. And right. I think a lot of people sometimes forget that there are actually people in their midst that are walking around without enough to eat. Absolutely. Um, for our project, we, we've targeted the homeless population, but we also targeted the food insecure. And so that included um, the elderly who uh, have transportation challenges, that included uh, women and children in shelters, that included families who are on fixed incomes. Um, And so we ended up serving that day 235 individuals. We also did the stew pot meals on wheels um, for that day as well. But when we were doing the training for our volunteers, I told everybody, we had mandatory trainings, we had meetings, and I told them at every training, you know, these are the type of people we're going to serve so that there were no surprises. Yes, you're going to see children. Yes, mm-hmm. you're going to see people in cars. Yes, you're going to see elderly folks. You may see people you know. And some of our volunteers ran into some of their church members. Wow. They ran into some of their classmates that they had lost touch with. And so it really opened some of our volunteers' eyes to the plight that their neighbors may be facing uh, quietly. But, excuse me, um, I want to just talk a little bit about the uniqueness of our project. It was a pop-up restaurant, so we didn't just feed the homeless. Uh, We turned Stew Pot Community Services into a full-scale upscale five-star restaurant nice um and so when our guests came when they arrived they were met at the door with the hostess station they were seated by uh, our courtesy um volunteers their orders were taken by professional wait staff from area restaurants mm-hmm. our, our volunteers and our staff were trained by jeff good who's yeah. one of the best in oh, the yeah, industry um, and so he was there the day of as well to kind of be the front of the house manager um, we had professional chefs preparing the food to order uh, there were no trays brought in there were no nothing was 
right. business as usual. Um, Chef Nick Wallace, Chef Daniel Blumenthal, Chef uh, Grady Griffin, Chef Mitchell Moore, they all prepared every dish to order. So this was like a um, dream team of rock star chefs. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, none of it would have been able to to coalesce or become this rock star group without um, Nick and Jeff. When yeah. I originally talked to Nick about nine months ago, I told him the idea that I had, and he said, this is right up my alley. We definitely can do this. And so he started pulling in U.S. foods and Sunrise Produce, and he brought Grady Griffin to the table. And uh, I talked to Jeff Good, and Jeff Good brought Daniel Blumenthal to the table, and he um, brought Pat from CS's to the table. And, you know, I told Jeff, I said, well, Jeff, this is what I need from you. I want professional wait staff. Right. Uh, I want these folks to be treated as if they are dining in one of your restaurants. It sounds yeah. like you were serving dignity as well as food. That's exactly what we were serving. Now, the food was phenomenal. Yes. So I heard oh, yeah. I didn't get an opportunity oh, right. to uh, partake, yeah. but um, I, I certainly heard that the food was just magnificent. Aside from that, though, what we wanted to do and what I set out to do uh, nine months ago was to feed people's souls. Yeah. And I wanted them to walk away from a unique dining experience where they are loved on. They're treated with compassion and dignity right. and that they have much more than food when they walk away. And when we started the restaurant or when we opened the doors, you could immediately see the effects. Uh, people, of course, were overwhelmed when they walked in. Right. Uh, but then when they re realized, OK, this is really for us, uh, their posture they got taller. Yeah. Uh, they they started looking at you eye to eye. There was eye contact. We had no gloves. You know, we didn't treat them like they were homeless. Or, right. Absolutely. And right. so we really treated them as if they were paying customers at a restaurant. And you could tell their attitudes immediately changed. Um, I had so many people come and get me because I was kind of the general manager for the restaurant. Uh, I had so many people come and get me and say, hey, somebody wants to talk to you. Somebody wants to talk to you. And so, of course, they complimented the food and they just wanted to know why we were doing this. And I told them we just wanted them to have an experience that they uh, could have a restored, dignified dining experience for the holidays. And so many grown men cried yeah. on my shoulders. Uh, a lot of us cried. We cried with them because it was such a moving experience. Uh, prior to Sunday, I went to Stew Pot to, just to kind of check things out and see what they're normally accustomed to because I wanted to make sure that everything that they experienced on Sunday with our Dining with Dignity pop-up restaurant was right. opposite of that. So there was no rushing them out of the door. There was no, okay, you're done eating, now leave. We had a feeling of community. Uh, we cared about their dining experiences. We wanted to make sure that they had all of their needs met. Uh, and they, they had choice. So many of them were so... Um, happy or elated that they had a choice in what they could drink. Uh, we had one young man, he said, well, uh, can I have an Arnold Palmer. And we said, absolutely, we can do an Arnold Palmer for you. And so we had children who were ordering Arnold Palmers. And uh, I had kids who were eating things that they had never heard of and couldn't pronounce, but they really enjoyed. And one, one young lady, a little girl, she said, this is the best restaurant ever. And she's currently in a shelter with her mother and her siblings. Mm -hmm. And they, they dine at, at um, Stew Pot every day for lunch. But right. for that day, it was something different. And so... That, to me, was much more than I could ever do 
for anybody, uh, just knowing that they walked away with a very dignified experience uh, that they can carry with them because that goes beyond the food in their bellies. Now, for us, even though we gave a lot of time, we put a lot of effort into this, and a lot of our sponsors came to the table uh, to make it happen. I believe we gained more oh, you do. than we gave. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was just a phenomenal thing for us to be a part of. We're talking with Carlin Hicks, who's with Feed Jackson. Okay, there's Eat Jackson, Shop Jackson, Feed yeah. Jackson. Are, is there any golden thread that runs through on There those? is. Yeah. You're looking at it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a year ago in September, I created a foodie group. Uh, on Facebook. Okay. Tell everybody what a foodie is. Yes. A yes. foodie is a person who loves food. Okay. Okay. Uh, you don't have to be an expert in food. You don't have to be a culinary artist. But if you love to consume food. Well, that would be me. You are a yeah. foodie. Then you should be in the foodie group. Oh. Um, so the idea with the foodie group, when we started it, I wanted a place for people to go on Facebook or on social media to kind of be a one-stop shop for things in Jackson. There were a lot of entities who um, promote, you know, kind of the tri-county area. Um, There are a lot of mom-and-pop restaurants in Jackson who don't get the benefit to participate because they don't have advertising and marketing dollars to contribute. And so I wanted this to be a grassroots thing, you know, something that was real organic and had an organic feel to it. And it was around the time that we were talking about different businesses and restaurants closing within the city limits. And I'm a lifelong resident of Jackson. Mm-hmm. I've lived in Ward 7 all of my life, different parts, so I have different experiences. But uh, one of the things that I wanted people to know is that there are places inside of Jackson where you can go to dine and you can shop, you can live, and it's okay. Um And so we started having conversations around that, and it grew into a group that's almost 5,000 members strong now. Wow. Uh, we've seen restaurants uh, have a direct economic impact because of what happens in the foodie group. And so we went from that to looking for ways to celebrate our one-year anniversary, Mm -hmm. which was September of this year. And some people said, well, we need to do a discount card or we need to have a party. And of course, um, you know, my mind is always focused on how we can multiply this so that it meets the greater good. Um, And I wanted us to use our relationships that we built with restaurant owners because, you know, there are restaurant owners who know of the Jackson foodies. Uh, I have people when I go to certain restaurants, they're like, hey, Carlin, how are you? Thank you for the review in in the Jackson foodies group. We had 10 new people show up. So I wanted to utilize our relationships with the restaurant industry in Jackson uh, for a greater good and to kind of spread the wealth. And so one thing about us foodies in the foodie group, We really focus on the quality of service during our dining experiences. We focus on the quality of food. Uh, We do a a wide range of uh, reviews. We do have a, a foodie review format. And I thought, well, why not take what we've been accustomed to or what we've grown accustomed to, uh, the efforts that we've done to try to help enhance the quality of food and the quality of service uh, at Jackson restaurants and provide that to someone else. Right. And so that's how we came into, uh, how Feed Jackson came into fruition and how the pop-up restaurant came to be. 65 volunteers, three shifts, total 388 hours, 22 professional chefs, including uh, you know, all across the board, restaurant owners, service, 12 sponsors, four church partners. I mean, those are some big numbers. Yeah. 
Well, it took a lot to make it happen. I mean, we had a full-scale restaurant from yeah, start I mean, you had to a finish. lot of customers, too. We just, did. Yeah, two, what, about over 200. Yeah, 235. We wow. served 235 people, and that was that included 35 children. Yeah. Um, some of our sponsors, of course, Nick Wallace Culinary, U.S. Foods, um, Jeff Good and Daniel Blumenthal at Sal and Mookie's yeah. and Broad Street in Bravo. Uh, Eventful did all of our design. They did our linen. We did fine china. So there were no paper plates, no trays, no. Paper plates at my house on Thanksgiving, (laughs) so you actually had a better experience. Well, well, we had fine china at ours, Um, full chargers and everything. Kroger did our um, our fresh linen. I mean, not fresh linen. I'm sorry, our fresh floral for our our centerpieces, and they also provided us with six cases of fresh produce: uh, apples, oranges, and bananas. So, what we were able to do after our guests dined with us, we took them to our hospitality station. Yeah. Uh, there they could pick up personal care packages if they wanted to. Everyone had a hospitality bag, which was branded with our Dining with Dignity restaurant logo. Um, and inside that bag, they had uh, snacks and hand sanitizers and different things that they could kind of backpack to kind of get them through a snack period. And then... They have the apples, oranges, bananas of their choice. Um, but what I wanted to do, because some people criticized it and said, well, what do they do after that? You know, yeah, yeah, you can give them this dignified dining experience. And, yeah, they can feel great about themselves until they have the next run in with someone right. who treats them like less than a human being. And so I thought, OK, well, we can fix that, too. And so I reached out to some church partners and I said, listen, here's the idea. That, of course, you know, you're aware of what we're doing with the Dining with Dignity restaurant. But we want to be able to provide them with gift cards to area restaurants um, that are easily accessible on the bus line for those who have transportation Mm -hmm. challenges so that they can continue the theme of choice after that day. And so... Our church partners uh, came on board and they sponsored gift cards to McDonald's for every person who walked through that door. Oh, that's great. And so they had, you know, snacks and they had personal care packages if they wanted them. Their children had educational and comfort items if they wanted them. And they got packs as well. And then every person got a gift card to McDonald's. So after Sunday, November 20th, if they want to go for breakfast, They could go in and they have to be treated with dignity. They won't be shushed out um, because they have the funds to pay for what they want. If they want to dine for lunch, they could do that. If they wanted to dine for dinner, they could do that. And so we're able to still give them some remnants of choice uh, and dignity even after that day. But I think some of the things that we were able to impart on our customers will stay with them for a lifetime because they'll definitely stay with me. I love that you had 130 online donors as well. We did. We did a crowdfunding. Yeah. GoFundMe site, uh, and we had a, a good support there, um, but the bulk of the costs were really offset by our corporate sponsors yeah. coming on board. That's awesome. Um, Campbell's Bakery did our gourmet uh, dessert, which was fabulous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, Mitchell Moore does I everything really hate fabulous. That you're leftovers. I know, I know. Um, and then AARP was a sponsor. Of course, they have an interest in the food insecure population, yeah. 50 plus. Um, so they were a sponsor. And Sugar's Place downtown, which is a, a mom and pop type um, restaurant downtown. They came on as a beverage sponsor, and then Community Coffee was a huge beverage sponsor. Um, what One thing that was interesting about this, mm-hmm. our sponsors didn't just sponsor. Right. You know, they didn't just write a check. No, they or, were right there in the middle of you. Right. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't just send in-kind contributions right. and say, okay, here, come pick it up. Our sponsors stayed and they served. Right. They worked. They volunteered. 
everyone who sponsored was in that room that day working. If they came at 6.40 in the morning, they didn't leave until 3.30. If they came at 10, they stayed until the end. And that was something that was beautiful to me because that, that for me, signified a different era of service, number one, for our volunteers, because mm-hmm. I think we serve differently. Right. I think Fee Jackson thinks differently. Um, and so it's not enough just to put food on a plate for us. We want to really think about what that feels like for our, our the end user or the end consumer. Um, but our, our sponsors, I think, thought differently too. Yeah. You got a, you got a, a success under your belt now. Thank uh, you. Just home run. Now what's next? Cause well, that's, uh, sometimes, well, that, you know, you ask a rock band, sometimes that sophomore <laughs> album's tough. Well, we're going to do it again. Okay. Um, our sponsors have already reached out and said, okay, so next year when we do this, we're going to do X, Y, Z. So this will be um, a Thanksgiving type event? I, th- I think we're going to yeah. do it annually. Excellent. Um, and we may have some things in between there as well. So I'm looking forward to that. One of our, our customers, he reached out and he said, look, um, you know, one thing that I struggle with, I love sports. Yeah. And I can never watch Super Bowl because no one will let me come into their bar or their restaurant and just watch the game. So I'm on the street. I have nowhere to watch the game. And so he he told me, I would love for you to think about as if I can just mythically make this happen. I don't know who he thought I was, but he wants me to think about trying to do a Super Bowl party uh, for volunteers and for our guests so that we can all be together and ha- they can have an avenue to watch the game. Well, so we're thinking the, about that. If I'm staying in the middle of that, though, he probably was looking at you thinking you were a superhero. <laughs> Definitely. Carlin, <laughs> I appreciate you coming in today. And let me just ask you real quick, because uh, I know a lot of folks are probably, their their ears are perked up a little bit. How okay. can they find out more? I mean, well, you find out more about Fee Jackson. Fee Jackson or, and, and maybe the foodie group. And just well, the foodie far. group is certainly on Facebook. Um, yeah. It's the Jackson Foodies, Eat Jackson, Think Jackson, mm-hmm. Shop Jackson. Um, and Fee Jackson is also on Facebook, but we do right. have a website coming um, because of the enormous response that we received. So they'll they'll be able to keep up with us on social media for now, but we'll definitely have other interfaces out there. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. And then if they want to email me, they can email me at feedjackson, J-X-N, at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Coming up next is filmmaker Maximus Wright. He's coming up with a great movie called Soul Damage, and guess where it's being filmed? Right here in Mississippi. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to be. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Okay, your mind-blowing fact of the day that yesterday, Jimi Hendrix would have been 74 years old. Man, I just can't picture Jimi Hendrix being 74 years old. Well, he's like every other rock star. He died at 27, so I think that was the magic year for a lot of those guys. But yeah, I saw it. I was like, what? No way. But boy, I miss him. And James Brown, too, of course, obviously. It would have been, been great. I can't imagine. Just He has so much more to give. I mean, t- for him to accomplish what he did in his short lifespan was amazing. But can you just imagine where he would be now if he, he stayed alive? Man, I mean, incredible blues guitarist and, of course, revolutionized guitar playing coming out of Seattle. Which, right. you know, that genre of music later, Seattle music came about 20 years later. But it's just incredible. When your 13-year-old son idolizes Jimi Hendrix, you just make sure it's just for the guitar. Absolutely. Not for the lifestyle. Like, <laughs> right. Dude, I want you to make a fast 27. I really do. Tell you what, very talented filmmaker is in the studio with me. I'm very happy to have him here. I'm glad he had a little bit of time to break away from post-production on his new film, Soul Damage, that he's working on. Maximus Wright's here. Maximus, good to see you. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we've been talking a little bit. You've been a you've been pretty busy the last couple of years, <laughs> or last year anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, making film is definitely not easy work. <laughs> no, it's so funny because a lot of people you talk to, and if they've never been associated with filmmaking, you know, they have the idea that you just sit down and it's all scripted out and you just get up there and make the movie beginning to end that's not how it works actually you know uh my friend had hard friends had a hard time believing this i watched no football in 2015 what? at all wow. the only thing i saw was the super bowl and that was 2016 i'd watch absolutely no football and i'm a big football fan yeah okay so there are huge sacrifices when you're in the movie business oh I mean, yeah you just said that right now so no football so i mean that'd be a little bit of surprise he's like oh i didn't I have no idea denver was even good Who's this Peyton Manning guy? I've never seen him oh, play before. On. We knew about Peyton oh, okay. Manning, I but know. you know, we didn't know he was going to be able to pull it out. Exactly. But, but it, you know, it's a great sacrifice, but it's worth it. And, yeah. uh, and I tell people all the time, you have to be the definition of ups, uh, to be obsessed. You have to be a right. little bent, be a little twisted to be a filmmaker. I tell you what, as an artist and a dad, um, I'm very impressed the fact that you decided to do it here. And I know there's a great backstory to that. And of course, <clears> I understand <throat> that the film credits are important too, and we'll get right. into that. But tell tell everybody why you decided to film it here in Mississippi. I absolutely believe Mississippi has the greatest pool of talent in the world, the greatest natural pool of talent anywhere in the world. I believe that. I solely believe that. And because my daughter came to me at 14 and was saying, hey, I'm going to leave Mississippi because I can't be on Disney, that that, that rubbed me the wrong way. That struck a chord in my heart saying we have to do something differently. So we started trying to go to these acting workshops, all these different things, trying to get her acclimated to uh, to acting. And it was a ripoff. And um, and I've always taught my children that, look, if you don't have the, 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 the opportunities that you, that you want, create them. Exactly. So now it was back on me. And three, you know, four or five years later, here we are doing our first feature film. You, you just hit on the number one rule of parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Not about saying stuff. It's about doing stuff. Absolutely. Because they're watching you. On that. How, how's, how's her career coming along? Well, she's a freshman at Jackson State. Um, uh, she's a sophomore. So I'm wow. at Jackson State, and uh, she is uh, now in the Mad Drama program there. So she's in acting. So fantastic. So um, she's hoping Dad's going to be able to keep pulling it out. I, I think you will. I think you will. <laughs> Talk about a little bit on the the film tax credits, because I mean we hear about a lot. I mean, Georgia is like a huge <clears throat> market now for Hollywood. I mean, you, when you see the Avengers movie being filmed in Georgia, you realize they must be throwing money. But Mississippi also has some competitive. Uh, I ones. mean, well, you know, when we talk about Georgia, Georgia made six billion dollars. Just off film. You said in bill- 2000. billion. That's what it'd be. Yeah. Six billion dollars yeah. in 2015 off film. Okay. Uh, Mississippi, uh, we've had some really good years. We're at the infancy state of film. This is literally ground floor for yeah. film. It is literally, you get in right now, your name is going to go in the annuals of history because they're going to say you're a pioneer. 
So we have a wonderful opportunity if we don't squander it. And right now we have some challenges uh, for the film industry here in the state. What are some of those challenges? Well, <clears throat> this year the governor in his proposed budget for 2017 is possibly uh, he's recommending that they eliminate the tax credit mm-hmm. for film, which would be a horrible loss. And um, Ward Embling at the film office, they have been working with us re- vigorously. They are trying to show that film has not cost the state because when we look at the numbers, we see that uh, the goal for 2016 was – what, 11 films? Yeah. For this year, we've, we've already done 14. We've exceeded the goal. Okay. And when you start looking at numbers, you start seeing that the goal was, was $25 million when we've actually made $29 million. And that's not counting all the reality shows. That's not counting some of the smaller productions. Yeah. So there are a lot of numbers. So at this point, there's a very aggressive uh, fight that's going on. And the, the film office under Ward Emling's leadership, they're preparing an exhaustive uh, report to kind of show the legislature that you need to you need to stick with film. You talk about a pioneer. Ward's been in the trenches for <clears throat> years, just fighting for Mississippi. Wonderful guy. Yeah. Wonderful guy. If you ever need someone on your team, Ward Emling is that guy. And he's really helped our film. And I yeah. think that we're one of the first little small minority films that have actually taken advantage of the tax credit. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. I mean, just <clears throat> real quickly. And I think a lot of people say, well, well, good riddance. We don't need that money or whatever. <laughs> Not do my worst accent there. But, um, you know, everybody says, well, think about it. What happened when the help hit? Man, Greenwood, Mississippi made a fortune. People wanted to come visit. You know, they had a great experience. The cast members loved it. The town got a lot of extra tax money out of the deal. Um, but, I mean, it's just a moment of pride. When you're sitting in the theater, and there was one movie that, that that's coming out. I remember seeing the trailer for it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Fondren. You know? <laughs> right. And you realize, and that's really cool for us. It gives us a sense of pride here in the state. Well, there's another thing that we, we are not aware of. You have a thing called film-induced tourism. Yes. And what film-induced tourism is pretty much five, uh, five billion people travel every year internationally. Right. And one out of every five travel to a place they saw in film. Really? Really. Oh, that's cool. So when you start thinking about the, the sound of music, the sound of music after all these years still get 300,000 people to visit it every year. Yeah. Deliverance, a film that was made back uh, at least 40-something years ago. And you would ago. think of all movies in the world, that would make you not want to go visit that. Deliverance know? gets 40,000 people a year, and they create a whitewater rafting industry around the film. Yeah. So film-induced tourism works. Unless you hear banjos. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then you just keep paddling really, really hard. Maximus, how did you get into filmmaking? Because, I mean, really, honestly, that's I mean, that's kind of really cool. Were you like the Super 8 kid that ran around with the little camera? Well, no, I wasn't. You know, I actually got in film by default. Really? (laughs) I wasn't trying to get in film. I was trying to bring people in to do this for us. Uh I I, I brought in people from Nashville. I brought in people from Houston. I was bringing people in to do this. And when they would not stick to it because Mississippi was not their home, they were just going for another check. The people who started to build said, well, why don't you do it? I'm like, I have no experience. So... uh, I actually went to a course in New Orleans, a, a three-day course, and it literally blew my mind. I had no idea what they were talking about. And um, and the push, man, the, the the script wouldn't let me go to sleep at night. I had to write it. Yeah. I kept being pushed. And we jumped out there, man, by trial by fire. And, man, knock on wood, we've been doing exceptionally well. I tell you, people don't realize that when you get something like that in your brain, right. you just can't stop. Yeah, congratulations on the book, Oh, man. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I mean, for years, I mean, you get that idea. you got to right. keep pushing it. And, you're, I mean, your family's in business. So, I mean, you've got, right. you had a business background. So you kind of. Well, but film is, is a totally different animal. You know, yeah. there are some aspects of business. But you, you still have to know, you still have to do the work to learn the craft. you got to use both sides of your yeah, brain, you really the do. right side you and really the left do. side. You really and do. that was different. And, yeah. um, uh, but, you know, it's, like I say, we're learning. If, if, if you don't go in thinking you know everything, man, you just kind of approach anything with the right attitude. 
you know, things work out for you. I think one of the benefits of filming a movie here would be you can get just about any background that you need. Absolutely. Here. Absolutely. I think Mississippi is perfect because yeah. New Orleans, uh, a lot of us don't know that they lost their tax credit. Yeah. New Orleans doesn't have their tax and credit And they used anymore. to have a huge business. Oh, they there. were called Hollywood South. Yeah. So when you look about Mississippi, you're three hours from the coast, you're three hours from Memphis, you're mm-hmm. two hours from New Orleans, and you can do a feature film. You can do a period piece almost in any city. Yeah. So, I mean, it is the perfect landscape. We literally need to focus on this because this could turn our economy around and turn the state around big, just based big, off film. Big time. And on top of that, it provides really good jobs for Great our kids. Jobs. Great jobs. And our kids don't have to leave. One of the things that I, I – um, and, and I spoke – I spoke actually spoke on a panel with the governor a year ago about film. Mm-hmm. And he pledged to help me. I haven't I haven't been able to get back on his schedule at this point, yeah. but he pledged to help me. But one of the things I pointed out was film can't have the impact that we have unless we focus on our children. Right. Unless we focus on this next generation that's coming after us, it's not going to have the benefit. So what I did that was different than most of the production companies, my production company that came in, I forced them to partner with local uh, local cast. I said, mm-hmm. if you're, I don't care if they don't have the experience. You're gonna, if you want this job, you're going to be patient with them to teach them. Because they can go to school, but without real life experience, they can't put that on the resume. Right, which is huge. I know some of the community colleges do that as well. So take a break. All right, we're going to take a break then. That sounds like a deal. I tell you what, we have Maximus right in. We're talking about movie making and his new movie, Soul Damage. And we'll talk about that a little bit after the break. On the Monday after Thanksgiving, hope you all are having a great Monday. By the way, there is going to be wet stuff falling out of the sky, so be careful. Don't panic. We haven't seen that in about three months. Anyway, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Maximus Wright is with us, and he is producing a fantastic Upcoming new movie, Soul Damage, is in post-production right now and is filmed right here in Mississippi. I love this, Maximus. This is Goodwill Hunting meets Think Like a Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about the, the story, the plot, because it really sounds like a really interesting movie, the characters, and, of course, some of the uh, the talent that you have in the movie right, as well. Right, right, Well, the story is about a guy who, who typically looks like he has it all. You know, he's nice looking. He's attractive. He's articulate. Kind of like me. Yeah, exactly exactly like you. I I was I was thinking about recasting the film. Really? And bringing you on in. Yeah, but you normally like to have actors with a chin. (laughs) You got a good sturdy chin. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's it's about a guy who has it all. And um, and he's uh, he finds this woman who's unlike anyone he's ever met before. But he has his real dark side about himself. He doesn't really get close to people, you know, even though he's like gravity. But you know so much about he knows so much about you, but you know nothing about him. Right. So we take this ride. We take this ride with him to see, well, hey, how does he work through these demons that he have in his past and have and create this relationship that he wants to have? Yeah, that 
What kind of demons in the past? I mean, you don't want to give away too much. Well, no, well, no well, part of it is that he was abused. He was abused as a child. Yeah. Um, he was uh, abused physically and sexually. Yeah. And uh, that's, a, that's a subject that we don't talk about in our culture. We don't talk about men being sexually abused. And or, the statistics on that are incredibly wow, high. Yeah. Uh, it, one statistic say one out of every six man, yeah. young male has been abused before he turns 18. Yeah. Sexually abused. And yeah. it's amazing what kind of damage that will do, that, that will cause addiction, <clears throat> that will cause I mean, all kinds of addictions. It's amazing. Absolutely. But, and, and so forth. You talk about those demons. I mean, that's, that's amazing. So it is our hope that we can start a dialogue that people start talking about this and we yeah. can prevent future predators from being created. Right. Well, I think this, he has a uh, serious has a very complicated relationship with God and a borderline hatred for organized religion. Yeah. His mom was um, she was in a church and um, she, unfortunately she was seduced by a pastor. Yeah. And um, and that had a lasting effect on him. Yeah. And that made him feel like God was part of what happened to him. Wow. So interestingly enough, one of the characters, uh, <clears throat> Tony Grant, Tony yeah. Grant, with, uh, who stars in Tyler Perry's house. I mean, uh, Love Thy Neighbor. He's playing a pastor. But he's only attracted to this guy simply because he has a great relationship with his wife. Yeah. It's not his theology. It's not his religion. It is basically he has a great relationship with his wife, and that's what attracted him. And he said, well, if he can have a great relationship, let me find out what I need to do in my life. Exactly. So he's being led, even though he doesn't realize it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty pretty strong there. I, but it's, it's I mean, this isn't. A terrible, it's also got comedy in it. Too. Absolutely. I mean, we got Palmer Williams, again, one of Tyler yeah. Perry's uh, actors from uh, House of Pain, Love yeah. Thy Neighbor. We had to bring in a lot of comedy because we're dealing with such a dark subject. We didn't want Definitely. people walking out depressed. So right. we had to put a, a great emphasis of comedy in the film. Who all starring in it? Uh, um, Tony Grant. <clears throat> uh, Palmer Williams, Dexter Allen, local blues singer. Dexter, yeah, uh, he's yeah. been on the show. Dexter is my guy, man. Yeah, he's strong. Uh, uh, we also have features from Shirley Murdoch, uh, mm-hmm. features from Bobby Rush. We also have some young talent, Johans Miles, who is the lead in the star, who's also a professor at Jackson State. A uh, fantastic guy and very talented actor at Super the same time. Super talented. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. The stuff we're in post and we're cutting right now, and it's amazing. We also have the former Miss JSU, Sharance Higgins. She's starring in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Dee Hopkins, who's also a student at Jackson state she's a big star in the film we have samelia stewart who's a local talent uh jeremy chico hodges who is a local talent so we are really uh joanne bell who is also starring as the mother who is a who's who's definitely a a super super support to the film so she's doing great work what's your target date for release well hopefully we can get hopefully we can get some in by the fall but uh when we first started the film you know i thought i was gonna be playing all five characters yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh we've we picked up a, a reasonable amount of success so now butler snow has come on to represent us that's something nice. that just happened recently congratulations so now we're having talks that we didn't think we were going to have like who uh we're going to be dis- distributing in different countries yeah. and you'll so, be in some festivals too right right yeah. so we're definitely looking at that for the upcoming year congratulations hey, on thank that. you man have you got a website or anything yeah yeah something? yeah we have we're uh we're on all social media we yeah. have a website also damage the com. Yeah. we're also on twitter facebook Instagram. I'm on, on social media as well. And I, I'm, I'm very impressed at the end of the day, the example that you've set for your daughter. Well, you know, um, that's what keeps me going because yeah. it's tough. Yeah. It's absolutely tough. But when you think about your children and you know that they're looking at you, those moments when you want to quit and those moments you probably should quit. Yeah. Are the moments that make you say, hey, I can't because I can't teach them to be quitters. I know. I I get that with my boys all the time. Hey. I'm like, you know what? I want you guys to latch onto a dream and run with it. Absolutely. And you can do that here. And that's the whole point of doing it here. Yeah. Because if I can prove that it can be done here, 
then there are going to be people who come behind me that's going to take this much further than I can. Yeah. And Maximus, could you just comment really briefly on um, this 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 thing called technology and how <laughs> it is a little different now where you don't need a middleman per se. You don't need to move to Los Angeles to do something. You can do it from the palm of your hand with your phone or just a, a GoPro or something like that. So uh, do you think opportunities are a little more accessible for today's uh, generations? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think, the and I speak, I go around and I speak to kids sometimes, and I spoke at Jackson State. I said the main thing that the majority of you are waiting on is permission. Mm, you're waiting good. on permission for someone to tell you that you can do it. And you don't really need that permission. You don't, you no don't more. need it. Now, the minimum's gone. The gatekeeper's gone. It. You're not going to wait for somebody to come tap you. And it doesn't matter if it's in music or it's in art or anything else. You've got the tools now. You can mix a lot of it just on your on your laptop. <laughs> right, it's right. amazing on that. And, of course, it also makes it easier for you because it cuts the cost down. And, and I just want to say this, and, and yeah. I'll be done. I'm not special. I'm not special. I just believe that this is something that God put in my heart to do. Yeah. And I've just been determined to see it through. And you're doing it. No, I'm about to say that makes yeah, you special. That's, that's what makes you special. Yeah, that's the I appreciate that. Because I mean, the a lot of times, doing. yeah, a lot of times we we have great ideas and then we never follow through. But you're following through. I appreciate that. So very cool. So looking forward to it. Like I said, the new movie is Soul Damage coming in. Maximus, Maximus, I'm so glad you came in. I had a good Thanksgiving too. I hope. Oh yeah, man, I did. Man, we yeah. went and uh, saw relatives and we ate some turkey and just did the regular thing. But you did not watch football, huh? I did. I did watch some football. Oh, did you? Okay. I did watch some football. <laughs> Say, I think in post production, you, yeah, you get a little, you get a little more freedom. You can sneak in a football game yeah, every once in a while. You're not wanting to throw up at five thirty in the morning because your actress doesn't look nothing like you set her out to be. Oh boy! <laughs> she oh. went and puts dye in her hair at the last minute and shows up and says, "Like I'm ready." So, oh boy! So you could write a book on you know filmmaker oh, headaches. Oh man, the the you wouldn't believe, and and that's a whole nother show. But yeah, it is just incredible. Yeah, I heard somebody said that producing a movie is like being the sp- the center of a wheel. That you're like the spoke. You got everything that you've got to make sure works. There's this video on on uh, the internet called uh, "It's a Fight of Czech Congo." He's a MMA fighter. Yeah, and literally the guy got knocked out, and he kept getting up, and he kept getting knocked down, and I mean, literally you you're just waiting for the ref to throw the flag. Yeah, you know, just to call the fight. Yeah. And he gets up at the last second and knocked the other guy out. That's literally how it is. You, you're being knocked out all day. And if you're just hanging there long enough, you might get a good shot in. God, that sounds like working with Sharita. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, you know, no, I'm just, I'm just teasing. Funny, my microphone didn't go dead. Maximus, I appreciate you coming thank in. Thank you. Thank you very all much. All right, I want to thank also Carlin Hicks as well. Ah, Egypt. Feed Jackson. What a great idea there, too. I want to thank Sharita for producing the show, even though I said something mean about her about 30 seconds ago. And coming up next is Southern Remedy. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and we will see you all next Monday.